Welcome to IdeaGen TV. We are thrilled to have with us today Brooks Kenny, Executive Director, Woman Against Alzheimer's, and Director of the Be Brain Powerful campaign. Brooks, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. You know, Brooks, there are many issues that are vexing. Um, and today, you know, we're humbled uh, by your presence and inspired by the work that you're doing uh, each and every day to help against this incredible battle against Alzheimer's. And leading right into the interview, uh, would you kindly tell us about Us Against Alzheimer's and your specific priorities? Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for allowing us to share our mission with your community. You know, it's only through sharing of stories and information that we're really going to hopefully see a change in, in this dreaded disease. Us Against Alzheimer's is a patient advocacy organization. We exist to really conquer Alzheimer's disease. And let me be clear, it's a complicated issue. There are challenges with diagnosis. There are challenges with stigma. Six million people are dealing with Alzheimer's disease in the U.S. and more than 50 million people worldwide are experiencing Alzheimer's. And those are just the cases we know about. And so every day, our team at Us Against Alzheimer's really wakes up and is driven by this idea that we need to tackle the biggest problems within the Alzheimer's community so that more people can be supported and helped and be supported and helped earlier. So often, Alzheimer's disease is not detected at all. And when it is, it's often detected far too late for the family to really benefit from the resources and support that they need. So our vision is a world where Alzheimer's doesn't exist, but we've got a long way to go. And so our programs and activities are very much focused on ways to reduce the barriers that exist today. You know, it's so incredible to hear you say everything you just, uh, you know, reviewed because I'd like to hear as well for our global audience, how are specifically women impacted in this process? Absolutely. Yeah. So women are twice as likely to have Alzheimer's disease. Um, we're two thirds the caregivers and a woman in her 60s is more likely to have Alzheimer's disease than breast cancer. Most people don't know that. We don't know why women's brains are different than men's, um, but they are and they respond to uh, stress differently. And so we know that women are a priority audience and we really need to educate them in the same ways that we did back in the 80s and 90s about breast cancer and the importance of um, mammography. We're so far behind still in Alzheimer's disease. We have a long way to go to educate women. Women of color are more impacted by this disease, George. Black Americans are twice as likely to have the disease and Latinos are one and a half times more likely. And we know these, these statistics are true globally as well. Women are just getting this disease more often and they're often put in the role of caregiver. Being a caregiver of someone living with Alzheimer's is not an easy task. It's a long journey sometimes a decade or more. And we know that that increases the stress that women are feeling, which is a risk factor for dementia. So we, we have a lot to unpack here as it relates to women and women really do need more support. And gosh, it, it's so startling to hear 
here the, the, the true impact of this disease. And, and so taking it even a step further, Brooks, uh, you know, we've all seen the effects of the global pandemic. You know, in 2020, January, we were looking at a 10-year span to achieve the global goals of the United Nations, those 17 global goals, which, by the way, were, as I always say, unanimously agreed to by the United Nations, including good health and well-being, of which what we're talking about today is directly um, appropriate and important to be talking about. And so how have you seen in your work acceleration towards research and um, awareness, or has it become more difficult in some ways vis-a-vis what's happened with with the global pandemic? Wow, George, there's a lot of good questions in there. So let me start by saying that the global pandemic, I think, has really brought to light the challenges with Alzheimer's disease. People who are isolated, people who've been in long-term care settings, people who are not able to see their family. We know that people living with dementia are actually declining more quickly because of that isolation and of that stress. So we know the Alzheimer's community has really suffered through the pandemic. We've also been able to see pretty clearly that our healthcare system is not prepared for a health crisis. I mean, the pandemic really did shine a bright light on the fact that our systems were not ready to manage what we needed to manage. And that's not a criticism to to the amazing and heroic work of our healthcare workers, but I think we saw pretty quickly that we had a lot we have a lot of work to do with our infrastructure and how we manage uh, communication and and it really brought to light that of that. And I think when you think about Alzheimer's disease, there's so many steps in the diagnostic process and journey that our healthcare system is not really equipped to handle. And so I think that really helped us realize that this is an issue we have to keep working on. You know, the second point you make about goal three, good health and well-being. I have to say, when I received this invitation to join you all today and to talk about goal three, it made me smile because so often we talk about Alzheimer's disease as disease. We talk about the late stages. Most people, when they think about an Alzheimer's patient, which actually we don't like to say that, we like to say a person living with Alzheimer's, oftentimes we imagine an older person sitting in a dark room next to a window in a wheelchair. That's not the face of Alzheimer's disease. I love that you put this in good health and well-being because we know so much now about risk reduction and prevention. In fact, at Us Against Alzheimer's, we are advocating with the United States administration to adopt a national prevention goal. We need to start thinking about our brains as vital organs, adding our brain health to our overall health and wellness as part of these discussions. And not just focus on disease, but focus on what we can do in our 20s and our 30s and our 40s to maintain healthy brains so that we reduce the risk of dementia later in life. And so 
there was a lot there in your in your question, but I, I really feel so passionately, we all do at Us Against Alzheimer's, that the way to address so many of the challenges in the Alzheimer's movement is by putting our brain health top of mind. You know, our brains are a vital organ. Our brains are the central, you know, operator in everything that we do. Yet they are the least talked about organ in our healthcare conversations. We're not raising it with our friends. We're not raising the topic of memory and brain health around the dining room table. And we really want to change that. We we want to use this as an opportunity to talk about our brain health as part of our overall health and wellness. So we're, we're on board with goal three. Absolutely. You know, that is so incredibly inspiring. And thank you for unpacking that. I, 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 I think those questions were questions that came to mind based on the fact that, you know, we're, we're, we've been through this almost two year period of time with a global pandemic. And yet, and yet, you know, the issues of, of Alzheimer's or other types of, you know, uh, issues that are affecting health remain, right? And so also the inequalities that you, you spoke about, the, the fact that uh, certain individuals are perhaps predisposed to Alzheimer's than others. And these are critical issues to bring to the fore so that there is that critical awareness and I guess the most important piece in all of this is helping, helping to raise above the din the messaging that you have, which is also about prevention and about mitigating what otherwise is such a, a devastating, a devastating, um, let's call it a disease for, for, to describe it this way, for sure. persons living with, for persons living with Alzheimer's and, and at us against Alzheimer's, you have made investments in exactly this, in, in early intervention. Why is this investment and why is early intervention so critically important to helping combat Alzheimer's? Such a great question. So we we have made significant investment in early intervention. We've collaborated with many organizations to do this work. We are focused on educating the provider community. We know that many times people see primary care before they might see a neurologist. And we know that healthcare providers in that setting need more information and data. They need guidance on risk reduction and what to say to patients. So that's a big part of our work. We're also working hard on uh, uh, influencing policy. We know that there are opportunities for policy change to incentivize providers to engage in cognitive screening sooner with people. And then we are very focused on educating consumers and building out ways to empower them to increase their knowledge of what does brain health even mean? How do I keep my brain healthy? And so we've invested across all three of those pillars to ensure we can shift people's thinking around health promotion and disease prevention. One of the projects that we have recently launched is a program called Brain Guide. And the reason why we developed Brain Guide is to help address this terrible statistic that in the US, 
of cases of Alzheimer's disease in people 65 plus go unrecognized, 60%. Now, if we were saying that cancer cases are going unrecognized or worse, cancers being diagnosed in stage three or four, you know, people would be up in arms about that, right? I mean, that would not be an acceptable statistic, but somehow it's okay that people are experiencing memory challenges. They don't know how to talk about it. Their providers don't necessarily know how to raise the issue either. And so there are millions of people who are suffering and not getting the support that they need. And that is a problem. And it's, it's a big area of our focus. And we often get asked the question, George, well, why do you want to know early? And my opinion and, and our organization's opinion, and there's plenty of data to support it, is people want to know. People want to know if they have cognitive decline. So we know the value of knowing and the value of knowing early is high. People that get an early diagnosis of Alzheimer's disease or mild cognitive impairment have the opportunity to get their family updated on what's going on, to get their healthcare organized, to identify local resources, to start having conversations about finances, about the future, about the type of care that you may or may not want, to start engaging in maybe lifestyle behaviors to help mitigate the decline or slow the decline, to look at what treatment options might be available for your particular journey. I've met so many people living with the disease and a few of them that I know well were diagnosed early and they're thriving because they had time to plan and get organized. And, you know, the person that gets diagnosed early just has a much better chance at, um, at embracing life and enjoying life versus someone that is struggling alone or um, feeling the stigma. And then they finally get a diagnosis when they're much further along. And a lot of those supports are going to have to happen quickly. It feels chaotic to the family. You know, most people get diagnosed because of a crisis, George, like someone, you know, a mom or dad might wander or someone has a fall. And we just want to prevent that. We want people to feel empowered to talk to their provider about their memory and brain health so that they can get the support they need sooner. And that's why we created Brain Guide. And you just answered so many questions that I that I had in terms of Brain Guide. And I'm so glad you brought that up because I think, you know, the ability to understand from a cognitive standpoint where you are and the potential of developing, you know, Alzheimer's is so critically important because there are some mitigating factors that can assist perhaps in the in the you know with 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 slowing down perhaps the progression uh of this of this situation with alzheimer's and and i, I must ask are you encouraged is the word i guess encouraged by the research going on by the potential treatments on the horizon on all, on all the things that you hear and read each and every day are you encouraged about the future and about being able to stop this in its tracks at some point? All of us at Us Against Alzheimer's are hopeful about the future. We believe that there's really never been a more hopeful time in this movement. 
There are over 270 studies happening as of right now around risk reduction and prevention. The term brain health is certainly one that is being used more often. We work in uh, and for in the area of brain health equity as well. We've we've really been pushing um, and really feel honored that we've been um, working on that particular topic, ensuring communities of color and their providers um, have an understanding of brain health. We think that the treatments that have been approved and treatments that are coming down. Uh, the pipeline, all of this is going to spur more innovation. No matter what your opinion, no matter what might make sense for an individual person living with the disease, we know that the more treatments we have available, the more we're going to learn and the more we're going to be able to support you know, this community and hopefully someday have a cure for Alzheimer's. Right now, we're looking at treatments that hopefully slow the disease. And, and we, there are many treatments out there that help to mitigate some of the symptoms of Alzheimer's. So the more we have science and the more we can, you know, invest in research and continue to learn, I think that means, you know, hope for all of us. But until that time, we, we need to support people. And, and we feel so strongly that having that conversation around early detection and diagnosis is, is critical so that people can get the support that they need. And I think you articulated it so well, Brooks, in you know, your hope for the future was my next question. And, and I think we just heard it, but what is your hope for the future? Well, my hope for the future is to end Alzheimer's disease, right? I mean, we don't want people suffering from Alzheimer's and we don't want caregivers to be suffering. But I think in the near term um, future, uh, we really are focused on early intervention. We're focused on health equity. We are focused on sharing support and bringing support to people experiencing Alzheimer's. And we really are focused on speeding treatments. You know, those are the four pillars of our work and it's what drives us every day. And I just think that the more we can bring resources, information and tools to the millions of people worldwide that are worrying about their memory, you know, that gives us a lot of hope. I think that we are in a moment right now where People know about Alzheimer's, they know the word, and, and we've, we've gotten people's attention. And now our job is to really ensure they're educated and empowered. You know, and if you don't mind, I'd love to just have a moment and tell you all a little bit about Brain Guide so that even some of your listeners, when they think about their health and well-being, you know, this is a free, accessible tool that they could use as a place to get started. Incredible. And tell us about Brain Guide. Where can they find the Brain Guide? How can how can people find out more and access it and, and share in the wealth of knowledge that you've so incredibly put together? Sure. Well, we created Brain Guide, as I said earlier, George, you know, really to address this issue of early detection and diagnosis. So people can visit mybrainguide.org or they can call 855-BRAIN-411. And what they'll find is access to a memory questionnaire. And you can take this memory questionnaire for yourself, or you can take it on behalf of a loved one that you see often. The memory questionnaires are based on validated 
tools that are used in the clinical setting today, and we adapted them for use on the web as well as via a phone bot. The information is completely confidential. You go through the memory questionnaire. We provide you with a summary of your results. We provide you with a summary that you can print and bring to your provider. And then we give you access to tailored resources based on where you are in your journey and how you did on the questionnaire. So we might provide you with brain health tips. Um, if you are in, in that category, we might provide you with information about detection, diagnosis, uh, and treatment if you, um, you know, based on your answers. So the idea is that it's really tailored, but it's action oriented, George. The whole thing we're trying to do here is get people talking to someone about their memory. So we give you tips on how to do that. And then we also give you, as I said, something you can bring to your provider. We know from research that providers will respond much more favorably if you hand them a piece of paper and said, I did this test online compared to, I'm not feeling like myself. We know that there's more credibility when we have that option. So we launched uh, in April of 2021. We've already had 140,000 people take the memory questionnaire. It's available in English and Spanish. People can visit mybrainguide.org and check it out. It is, it is not solving the whole journey, but we're really trying to get people to a place where they feel empowered to raise the topic. We know these conversations are hard. People don't like talking about memory. They don't like talking about a change in their memory. It's scary, right? Especially if you really don't know what to do about it. So Brain Guide aims to help you take that next step so that you can come to your, go to your doctor and, and begin those conversations. It's not a diagnosis. It's just intended to empower you uh, to have those conversations that we know are difficult to have. So I hope people check it out. Brooks Kenny, Executive Director, Women Against Alzheimer's and Director of Be Brain Powerful Campaign at Us Against Alzheimer's. Cannot thank you enough for this incredible insight today into Alzheimer's and the work you're doing to end Alzheimer's. Thank you so very much. Where, I know you mentioned it, where can folks find out more about your work? Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, all of us at Us Against Alzheimer's just love the work that Idea Jen is doing, and we're so inspired by the 17 days and glad to be a part of it. You can visit usagainstalzheimers.org or mybrainguide.org to learn more and check out our resources, and I, I hope they help you in your journey. Brooks Kenny, Changing the World, Women Against <laughs> Alzheimer's, Director, Beep Brain Powerful Campaign, Us Against Alzheimer's. Thank you so very much. Thank you so very much. It was wonderful to be with you today. Thank you, Brooks.